Mark chapter 6, verse 45 is where we will start. We've got a couple of the more famous miracles of Jesus here in uh, and, and Mark chapter 6 that we've looked at over the last couple of weeks. Last week we looked at uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000, 5,000 men plus whatever women or children were there. Now, what a miracle that was. He fed them all with, uh, with five loaves and a couple of fish. Uh, and then today we are going to look at another quite famous miracle of Jesus, and that is Jesus walking on water. Uh, this is one of my favorite passages. Uh, of all the scriptures uh, in the Bible, I would say that this, this is one of the stories in the Bible that is, that is very applicable to our life. This is a story that I think it's easy for us to relate to. It's easy for us to connect to the events that are happening here and connect them symbolically to things that may be going on in our life. And for that reason, I love this passage because it's simple. Uh, but I think it's something that, that, that we can all get something from and, and, and learn from uh, what's going on here in this passage. Mark chapter 6, verse 45, and we'll read through the end of the chapter. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. He saw them being battered as they rowed because the wind was against them. Around three in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea and wanted to pass by them. When they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke with them and said, Have courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. They were completely astounded because they had not understood about the loaves. Instead, their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to, to land at Gennesaret and beached the boat. As they got out of the boat, people immediately recognized him. They hurried throughout that vicinity and began to carry the sick on maps to wherever they heard he was. Whenever, wherever he would go, into villages, towns, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch just the tassel of his robe. And everyone who touched him was made well. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these words, and I pray that these words would have an impact on our life. God, if there are some in here that need to hear this today, and God, I believe we all do, I pray that we would. I pray that we would hear it. Maybe we are not in a situation today, dear Lord, where we're afraid of what's around us, but God, maybe there will be something in the future. So I pray that you help us to tuck this word away in our heart. God, that we would use it today should we need to, and that we would call on it in the future, God, when times come that are hard. And I pray that you would hide me behind the cross and be with me as I preach and teach this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. What we see here is... Jesus and the apostles continuing on their way. They had just completed this, uh, Jesus had just completed this huge miracle of feeding all of these thousands of people. 
And Jesus sends his disciples to the boat to go back across the sea. Now, this is the Sea of Galilee. This is kind of at the northern part of Israel. And they had gone back and forth this sea a few times. We've already seen here in the book of Mark. And that would have been a normal way to travel. That would have been a quick way to travel by boat. Uh, we know that some of the apostles were fishermen, so they would have been uh, familiar with the sea. And Jesus sends them on their way. Uh, and Jesus goes up on the mountain to pray. And here are the apostles. Here are the twelve. And they're in this boat, and they're out into the sea. Now, this account is covered in three of the Gospels. We see it covered in Matthew chapter 14, here in Mark chapter 6, and we also see it covered in John chapter 6. Now, uh, John's account is probably the lightest account. Last week, when we talked about the loaves, John, John's account probably gave more detail, or at least different detail, uh, than the rest. But in this account, uh, John's deta detail about this event is very limited. It's the shortest of the, of the accounts. Uh, Mark's gospel gives a little more detail, and Matthew's gospel gives a great amount more detail in pointing out a part of the story uh, that is not even mentioned by the others. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. So here are the twelve, and they are in the boat, and they are out to sea, and they are a pretty good ways from shore. Now, if you read all of those other accounts, uh, you will see that one account says that they were over a mile from shore. One says that they were three to four miles from shore. Those are not contradictory terms. To be three to four miles uh, off of shore is to be more than one mile from shore. So they were some distance out into the sea. Uh, they were a long way out into there. They were too far to turn back. I think that may be the point that's being pointed out to us in the text as these storms are going to come in. Here are the twelve, and they're in this boat, and they're so far out into the sea, uh, they have to hold on for dear life. There is no way uh, that they can turn back. So here they are by themselves, and Jesus is still on land. He's praying, and Jesus, in the midst of the storm, uh, begins to walk out onto the sea. Now, it says here in Mark's account that uh, Jesus was intending to pass by. Uh, it doesn't sound like Jesus had any intention to stop. Maybe Jesus was simply testing them. I'm not sure why Jesus was just going to pass by. Uh, but regardless of whatever Jesus' motives, here is the storm that's raging. These apostles are being battered in the boat, it says. And here comes Jesus walking on the water. Now, this no doubt is a miracle. Now, there are some who would try to explain away this miracle and say, well, yeah, there, but, there, but there may be some high points in the sea. And maybe he was just walking on a spot where his feet were on one of these high points that raised up in the sea. And he wasn't really walking on the water. He was just simply walking on some raised land that was there. Well, I don't know that that's the case. I believe that probably the writers of the gospel, knowing the, uh, the sea as they, some of them would have, uh, since they were fishermen, probably would have known of such things in the sea. Uh, they were all amazed at what was taking place, which leads me to believe that they were amazed at the fact that Jesus was indeed walking on the water. It's not something that necessarily has to be explained naturally because I believe it is a miracle. And so here is Jesus walking along the water of this sea uh, that is battering uh, the apostles as they're sitting there in the boat. And their response, it says in verse 49... <clears throat> is when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. Well, they didn't really go know what was going on. Now, it was late in the, in the night, or should I say early in the morning. 
Uh, my translation says that it was about 3 in the morning, although that's probably not the most accurate translation. Some of your translations say that it was in the fourth watch of the night. That's a little more accurate. Uh, the Jewish people would split the night up into four sections of three hours, uh, from 6 to 9, 9 to 12, 12 to 3, and 3 to 6, with 3 to 6 being the fourth watch. So this could have happened any time in between the hours that we would call 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So it would have been dark. They would have been on the sea probably all night. They were probably tired. They're in the middle of the sea. It's dark. They're afraid. And here comes this figure walking on the water toward them. Now, we have to understand what they felt. Now, we may kind of miss it, especially if you've ever heard the story or read it before. Uh, we, we say, oh, yeah, I know the story. It's, it's, it's windy, it's rainy, it's a storm, and Jesus comes and walks out on the water. And we may kind of glean over that without realizing just how scary that would have been. Uh, I know when I'm out on a boat uh, in the middle of the water, I never have once expected anybody to come walking out on the water. Not once, even when the water's clear. I've never expected such a thing. And in the midst of the dark and the wind and the waves, should someone come walking on the water, I would be scared to death. I would be scared to death that the water was as, as smooth as glass and they come walking on the water. I would be afraid. And that's what was going on with the apostles here. They were afraid. What in the world is going on? They thought it was a ghost. They didn't have a good explanation. There was no normal explanation. If they would have had a normal explanation, they would have said, oh, somebody must be walking on that hot spot that's in the water. Nope, that's not what was happening. They knew better than that. They knew that this was something that was unexplainable. Now, it wasn't unexplainable when it got closer because they realized that it was Jesus who was walking by. And so they think it's this ghost, and they are terrified uh, when they see him. And immediately he spoke with them and said, Have courage, it is I, and don't be afraid. Now, Mark's account pretty much ends right here. Jesus gets in the boat with them and the storm, the storm ends. But in Matthew's account, there's a, another part of the story that also may be well known to most of us, if not all of us. And that is the story that Peter also walked on water. In Matthew's account, as Jesus is coming near and Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, let me walk out on the water with you. Now this was pretty bold. And Peter was pretty bold. And many things that he did in Scripture. He was pretty quick to speak out. Uh, and it sometimes got him into trouble. In this account of this story here, it gets him into trouble too. We won't read through all of Matthew's account, but it's in Matthew chapter 14. And I do encourage you to go read it and brush up on it. Uh, but in that account, we see Peter say, Lord Jesus, if it's you, command me to come out to you. Let me come out there. Let me walk on water with you. And Jesus said, come on. I'm paraphrasing here. Jesus said, come on, so here's Peter. He's getting out of this boat, and can you imagine what that must have been like, that first step, that first step to get out. It was probably, if you ever watched Indiana Jones before, and there's one part where he's got to walk on this invisible bridge, and he figures out, okay, well, there's really a bridge here, but it's invisible, and he, he knows it's there, but he's not quite sure, and he puts that first step out of him. And boy, when he hits it, it's... He's, he's amazed. Now, I don't know if that's what Peter's reaction was or not, but I like to imagine that Peter's reaction may have been something similar. When he stepped over the edge of that boat, the first time that foot hit the water and it didn't sink, but sit right there on top of those waves, right there on top of that water, what an amazing feeling that must have been. What an amazing feeling. And then Peter begins to walk out to Jesus, but guess what? 
Those winds are raging and the, and the waves are coming in. And Peter begins to get uh, afraid and he begins to sink. And he, and he calls out to Jesus and Jesus reaches down and Jesus rescues Peter from those waves. And Jesus and Peter go and get back in the boat. And what a beautiful story that is. It's a beautiful story because, as I mentioned earlier, I believe it's a story that we can all relate to, we can all understand. Now, sometimes I think Peter gets a little, a, a little bit of a bad rap that maybe he doesn't deserve. Now, he, he, did, he was pretty bold sometimes, but sometimes we need to be a little bit bold. Now, we may look at that story and say, well, oh, gee, oh Peter, boy, what a, look at his lack of faith. He ended up sinking. Well, there were 11 other guys that didn't even get out the boat. So we may say, shame on Peter, but I say, shame on the other 11. At least he had enough faith to say, Lord Jesus, if you're out there in the midst of this storm, let me come to you. And Jesus said, come on out, Peter. Now, it took a lot of faith to get out of that boat. It took a lot of faith. Can you imagine if somebody come up to you today and said, I want you to get out of that boat, you can walk on water? You would say, are you crazy? You're insane. Maybe that's what the other 11 said. I don't know. It doesn't say what they said, but I know one thing. I know they didn't get out of the boat, but Peter did. And even in the midst of all that, he had the faith to get out of the boat, but even still, the situation overwhelmed him. He, 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 he lost his faith and his trust in Jesus for just that moment, and he began to sink. But Jesus was right there to pick him up, to get him through this storm. And Jesus is there for you and I too. Because there are times in our life that we are going on our journey that the Lord may have sent us somewhere in the same way that he did the apostles here. Jesus went off to pray. Jesus is up on the mountain. The apostles are out in the middle of the ocean. Jesus has sent them on their way and said, I want you to go to this place. And off they go. And then all of these things begin to get out of control. Now, we can probably relate to that because there may be times that the Lord has called you somewhere. And the Lord has sent you somewhere, and you didn't even know why you were going, but you felt like, God, this is what I want. This is what I feel like you want me to do. God, I feel like you want me to go to this place or to talk to this person or to fulfill this position at church. So, God, I'm going to do it. And we say, All right, the Lord's calling me to do it. Everything's going to be good. The Lord wouldn't have sent me here for something bad. And then the storms come up. Uh oh. Well, maybe the Lord didn't really send me here. Surely the Lord wouldn't send me into a storm. Well, surely the Lord knew that that storm was going to arise for those apostles. But the Lord was going to use that storm, and he was going to do something miraculous in that. He was going to deliver them, and hopefully they were going to grow closer to him through all that was going on. Now, sometimes we may feel the same way. We may feel that the Lord has sent us to do something, and we may feel like we are tossed and, and battered in the storm, and we may say, well, Lord Jesus, what are you doing way up there? Do you even care that I'm down here in the middle of this storm? And he does. But there's one thing in all of these accounts, in all three accounts, in Matthew's account, Mark's account, and John's account, there's one thing that's in all three of them. There's one thing, and that is this, that Jesus tells his apostles, don't be afraid. That's in every single account. Some of the other details may differ. Some of the other details may not be there in all the accounts. But there's one thing that's in all three accounts, and that is Jesus telling his apostles in the midst of the storm, don't be afraid. Now, this is a good passage for us because we have storms in life. Now, I'm not talking about being on your boat. I'm talking about the storms that come in our life. 
I'm talking about the days that we, that we, that we suffer loss. I'm talking about the days that we just, that we sin and we get ourselves into trouble. I'm talking about the days that people come against us and mistreat us and abuse us. I'm talking about the days that are just rough. The days that you just don't know if you can go on any further. The days where you don't want to get out of bed. The days where you feel like you don't have any more strength. You know those days. You know exactly those days. Some of you may be in those days right now. And it's just like being on the sea in a storm. You feel that you are miles and miles from land, from safety, from security. You feel like there's nobody else there. You feel like the waves are too big. You feel like your lifeboat is going to sink. You feel like you have nowhere else to go or nothing else you can do. And you say, Lord Jesus, why am I out here? Why did you send me on this journey? Why have you left me here? Lord Jesus, are you there? Do you even care? And lo and behold, guess what? We begin to look for Jesus and here he comes. Here he comes walking right by us. Here he is right there beside us in the midst of our storm. And he always gets there at just the right time. And Jesus comes to us in our storms. I believe he comes to us maybe in many different ways. Now it's possible Jesus could come walking by you one day and the spirit Jesus could appear. I don't deny that for a second. It could happen. I believe fully it could happen. But I think there are other ways that may be more likely for Jesus to appear to us. One way that Jesus will appear to us in our storms is in God's Word. That's a great place for us to go when we're in the midst of a storm. The great place, greatest place for you to go, I believe, is right to God's Word. And you know what you'll find when you get there? You'll find Jesus. You'll find all the encouragement of Jesus, all the strength of Jesus, all the guidance of Jesus to remind you that whatever situation you're going through, it's been covered in this book. We can find, we can find comfort in that. We can find strength in that. We can find guidance in that. That's the best place to go is to the Word of God and to pray the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I am out here in the middle of the storm. I need you. Maybe the first place we need to do is say a little prayer to him and get into his Word. And we may be surprised to find that Jesus is right there with us in the midst of our storm. I think sometimes Jesus comes to us in other ways, maybe even through other people, <clears throat> through that person who's going to come into your life, who's going to give you that word of encouragement, or who's going to give you that word of correction, who's going to give you that word of wisdom to help you make the decision that you need to make, that word of encouragement to help you know that you can go on another day, that it's going to be okay, that everything's going to work out. Sometimes Jesus comes to us through other people. He uses other people and their gifts and their abilities and their heart and their love to show us that he is right there with us in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our storms. He has not abandoned us. And when we seek the Lord in prayer, and when we seek the Lord in his word, and when the Lord puts other people around us to help us, in all of those instances, I believe it's God saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. No matter what you are up against, it may seem bad, and I'm not belittling your situation. It may be a bad situation. But I feel like God's Word is telling us today, don't be afraid. Because there is no situation that we are going through that the Lord does not know about and that He's not there with us through. And oftentimes we're going through these situations and we're thinking about what might happen or what is happening and we're saying, but God, how can any good come of this? God, how can I come out of this? How can this be good in any way? 
We lose someone we love. We lose our job. Something bad happens. This happens. That happens. All of these things happen. And we say, boy, this is really bad. God, how can any good come out of this? Dear Lord, I can't go on any further. I feel like I'm being ripped apart. I'm torn. I'm broken. Dear Lord, I'm being battered by life and its situations. <clears throat> Lord, what's, what happens next? And the Lord says, don't be afraid. But God, what happens next? How's the situation going to get better? Don't be afraid. Oftentimes, that's really the only answer we get. Oftentimes, the only, only answer we really get is to know that the Lord is with us and He is our strength. You see, we want the answers to all of our questions and all of our storms. We wish God would spell it out to us and say, Okay, God, I'm in the middle of this storm and everything looks bad. Nothing good's going to come out of this. How can anything good? And we want God to tell us why. We want God to tell us what happens next. But more times than not, God doesn't tell us what happens next. He just says, Don't be afraid. He just says, Trust in me. He just says, Know that I'm there for you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you and some of you may be going through storms today and you may be asking God why you may be asking God but but what happens next well God may not tell you that he may not tell you why you're in the storm he may not tell you what's going to happen next but he tells you time and time again through his word that he is there with you don't be afraid as he told Joshua before he led the Israelites into the promised land, be strong and courageous. Don't fear. Be strong and courageous. We see that promise all throughout God's Word for God's people who follow Him. No matter how bad our storms may look, no matter how bad our situations may be, no matter if we can see light at the end of the tunnel or not, we can know that that light, light is there because the light is Jesus Christ. And whatever situations we may go through in life, whatever things we may be going through now or may go through in the future, let us not forget these words that Jesus uttered to those who were His then, and I believe He still utters for us to hear today. Don't be afraid. It is I, Jesus said. It is I. Don't be afraid. And when Jesus came onto the scene and Jesus got into the boat with them, the waves began to cease. The storm began to die down. And Jesus and the apostles went on their way. They continued to do the work. And they went to the next city. They made it to their destination. And they continued to do what God called them to do. In seasons of life, there are seasons where Jesus may call you or send you somewhere. And along the way from point A to point B, there may be a storm. There may be hard times, but if we continue to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and trust in Him, we can know that He's going to be with us. And once we get through that storm of life, we'll say, boy, I never thought I was going to make it through that. I can't believe that this worked out that way or that that worked out that way. God, I never thought you were going to work in that way. I never thought that was possible. Wow, God, this worked out better than I ever thought. I never knew that was even an option. And we look back at those storms and we say, wow, God knew what he was doing. Isn't that crazy to think that God, of all people, knows what he's doing? But he does. And we need to be reminded of that. And when we get through the storms that we go through, on the other side, the Lord is right there ready for us to continue on with His work, to continue to do what He calls us to do, to continue to love on other people, and to continue to build His kingdom. And that's exactly what they did in this story. They made it to the storm. 
Wasn't nothing to it. Jesus came onto the scene and said, don't be afraid. It's I, I'm with you. And those same words are true for us today. Whatever you're going through, don't be afraid. Trust in the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for these words. And I pray that we would live by them and learn from them. Because God, there are times that we just, we kind of miss you, dear Lord, just as the apostles did. They just saw you do all of these miracles with the feeding all these people, dear Lord. And so, so quickly they forgot, God. Your word tells us that they're, they were still hard and they still didn't get it. They still didn't quite understand all you could do in your power. But God, you continue to reveal it to them through all these stories. And God, I pray that we learn from these stories that we read, that you continue to reveal your power to us, that we trust in you, God, that whatever we may be going through in life, God, there is some heavy stuff. God, there may be some that, that, that are just going through heavy stuff this morning, and I pray that you would comfort them, and I pray that, that you would just be with them, and I pray, God, that you would just let them hear those words from you today. Don't be afraid. God, I pray that today that they would be strong and courageous by trusting in you, by putting their faith in you, dear Lord, by knowing that whatever it is they're up against, God, you, you know what's going on. You know what's best for us. So let us trust you, and wherever the future takes us, God, let us go there willingly, knowing that, God, you're with us along the way. I pray that if there is one here today that have never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that they would do so. God, maybe they've, they've heard about Jesus, and they just, they've, never tr they've never trusted him. God, I pray that they would today. God, maybe there are some of us in here that are like Peter and we put our faith in Jesus and we begin to walk good and, boy, we begin to stumble because of sin or because of our lack of trust or lack of faith in you, dear Lord, and we find ourselves in messes that we begin to sink in. God, if there are some in this room in that category, dear Lord, I pray that they would do just as Peter, that they would call out to you, God, knowing that you're right there to lift them up. And so, dear Lord, I pray that you just bless the reading of these words today. And I pray that we would tuck them away in our heart and we'd live by them and learn from them. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.